Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. I'm sitting at work and I get an email and it's like, hey, uh, would you like to come meet with Comedy Central New York? I was like, this spam account, dog. People got to stop spamming me. I'm not even, so I kind of don't even look at it. But then I go back and look at it again. I'm like, wait, this is a registered address here. What, what's going on? So I emailed them back immediately, call my mom. I'm like, mom, pick out which car you want. Right, I'm, right, yeah. I've made it. It's come a meeting. On. And it's you're like, like we on, fam. We on, because like, <laughs> once you get a meeting, yeah, they give on. you a million dollars. Kids, that's not how. <laughs> hot breath. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and our guest today is the definition of a creative entrepreneur. Known for his comedy, he actually got his first claim to fame in middle school as the lead man of a rap group. Comedy didn't really start jumping off until freshman year of college when he serendipitously met on the first day of college with a crew of other creators that they created amazing platform called Dormtainment. It blew up on social media. They got picked up by Comedy Central. But this is not an overnight success. At one time, their channel got deleted and they had to build it from scratch. When Comedy Central called them, my guest today was actually at his call center job. <laughs> so we're going to get into that and so much more he has going on beyond comedy. But ladies and gentlemen, hot brethren and sister, and welcome to the hot breath of verse. Mr. Rome Green. Oh, man. Hey, man. You almost sound professional. Like, Only you know really. what you're doing. Yeah. Man, I like, <laughs> Yo. I like it. Thank you for having me, man. Green for oh, the yeah, come on, man. It's, it's beautiful, uh, cloudy weather outside. It's, it's looking nice outside. I, I'm glad I, I could bring that with me. I'm glad. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, no, not a lot of people know that fun fact about that, uh, that call center bit. That's, that's hilarious. That's, that was a time in my life. Um, <laughs> but before we even start, I am a Southern man. I know you live in Atlanta. Where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm, I'm living in Atlanta. I'm from Rome. Georgia. From Rome, Georgia. Yeah. Rome, Rome, Georgia. Yeah. I was raised in North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham area of North Carolina, and I was always taught to bring gifts. Mm. So, um, I have a sunglasses brand, and I wanted to gift you with one of our frames. The drip. Um, yeah, you know the what I'm saying? Like, you know, mama taught me well. The drip. You know? So, mom, be proud. Shady be proud. side up. Yep, shady side up. Oh, Wait, yeah, yeah. Are these the blue ones? Those are nice and blue. Blue I've been, tint. Those I was are called the these. waters. I was peep. I'm I'm not even fronting, and I don't know why I'm talking like this all of a sudden. <laughs> I just went full honky bonics. I just turned into white boy Joel right there. Going back to my ATL days. Yeah, yeah. I was I was no cap. No cap. I was That's what they say. That's what the kids say. I was peeping no these on the website. Hey, well look. I ain't even fronting. There you go. Oh yeah, saucy, saucy Ooh, with it. Come on, man. The drip <laughs> is here. So you don't you don't have to wear them now, but I just wanted to give them to you. Uh, oh, so how we go. how we looking? I don't Are know. We, we looking good. We looking, we, 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 we styling wait, and profile. I, mean, I don't. But you're wearing yours. I can take mine off. Listen, we're gonna get oh, real, we're, we're gonna get deep. You know what I'm saying? Here, advertisement. <laughs> That's looking good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the <laughs> there you go. Shady side. Nah, I appreciate Ooh, those it. Those are quality too. Yeah, thank you, bro. Oh yeah. man, my wife will be so proud. Oh yeah, she's gonna be like, oh man, you, you went out shopping. I appreciate that. Anyway, we'll put the, we'll there put we it go. up right there too. Boom, boom. So they can see shady. That's right solid. Up. Thank you, bro. Well, but yeah, what, thank you for having me. Yeah, what's um what's the story behind these? Uh, pandemic happens. Uh, in college, I always wanted to have some type of business. I've been doing the entrepreneurship since 
high school and in college, I was like, oh, one day I think I'm going to own a sunglasses company because I don't know why I said it. I was just like, I always wore shades. And then pandemic happens. Uh, one of my homies is like, hey, remember when you said you was going to do shades? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He was like, not going to lie, we ain't got nothing else to do. You want to like try it out, see what, what we can do? He he wanted to go 50-50 with me. And uh, yeah, we created it in like six months. We started working on it in March. It launched uh, August of 2020. Yo. So yeah, that's a pandemic business. How, is this the initial name, or did you? Yeah, Shady Side Up. Shady yep. Side Up is where it started. Uh, just because we, at the time, at the time, we just was like, you know what? We love breakfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, <laughs> Shady Side Up, would, that, would, <laughs> that would be great. Clear, yeah, yeah. breakfast, sunglasses, yes. they go hand uh, in hand. Sunny <laughs> Side Up, Shady Side Up. But then later we realized how much we were like positive people and positive individuals. And we was like, you know what? It's like flipping the negative to a positive. Take the shady side up of life. And oh, then, respect. then we were like, oh, that works actually. So yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, what was your first entrepreneurial? Oh man, when we first got into college, we uh, we we started a nonprofit, but then we realized you had to have a profit in mm. order to have a, a nonprofit. Yeah. So that went that went downhill real quick. Is that the sweepstakes one? Yeah, it was like, oh, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, sweepstakes situation. It was a lot going on. <laughs> Then we were club promoters in Atlanta through one party, you know, six people came, uh, five of them was us. Uh, so it was, that went downhill. We actually had the name of somebody else who already had a name, but we didn't do any research because why would I do research at 18, 19 years right. old? That doesn't make sense. And uh, so that didn't go well. And then we were like, you know what? This is all funny. We should just do comedy. I think that's where we all love comedy. We all, uh, and everybody went to school for a different thing. I went to school for audio production. We had a, somebody went to school for advertising. Somebody else went to school for uh, 3D motion graphics. So it all kind of came together in the right way. It was like the Avengers of the arts school. Yeah. yeah so it, it kind of worked out. And then uh, here we are, you know. And then you guys shot a video at your dad's house with like yeah, crackheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and then old, like from there. We took an old Sony cam. Was at my dad's house. Did we did like this hood hunters video where we like we're in the hood, like Steve Irwin is in the jungle and looking for. It's <laughs> <laughs> wild when I think about it. <laughs> And, and people, we and we put it up on Facebook, you know, because because oh, YouTube yeah. wasn't the newest thing, and I was like, I don't know about that YouTube stuff yet. We threw it on Facebook because that's where our, our audience was at the time. So we threw it on Facebook. People were like, Oh, we love this, we love this, and then we kept doing stuff on Facebook. Then we we're like, You know what? This new YouTube platform is here. Let's start throwing things on there, and then it eventually became a true business in 2009. So YouTube wasn't that old when it, when we started, yeah. Dang. Yeah, old. So I've been on YouTube a long time. I'm a, I'm a forefather of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> it's changed a lot since the it's, beginning. I've seen YouTube when it wasn't paid. I've seen YouTube when they had like the ad apocalypse thing where people were getting paid buku amounts for money. Did I benefit from it? I'm not gonna tell anybody, but uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That was a thing. Then they stopped that, and then I seen when MCNs came out, and you know it was Maker Studio and and uh, full screen and all these other. I've seen YouTube go everywhere, literally. Shorts, I didn't know the shorts never existed. Uh, all, all this stuff on YouTube, like the suggestion bar wasn't there. Everything, literally everything. Yeah. Where do you think it's going? Uh. 
here's the thing. I think AI is definitely going to be in there somewhere. I don't know in what way, but I do believe that AI is going to take some part in YouTube at some point. But it's weird because even when we were, because we were essentially treating YouTube as our TV show because we were dropping up. We, when we first started, we dropped a video every Sunday for four years straight. I don't think people know how hard that is to do. <laughs> but that's, it's, it's almost wild. Even me, I'm 35 now, looking back at 21-year-old me, I'm like, that's a different type of energy. That's young boy energy. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's young boy energy. There's no way. There's no way I would somebody tell me, oh, let's do a video every Sunday now. I have responsibilities. I, I'm not, and I'm sleepy. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> Sundays are my rest day. All right, I, need, I don't need to be doing anything. But um, that consistency was great at that time, and we treated it as a TV show. And that's why I think that's why we garnered the the fan base we did because it was like, oh, it's like a new thing. It's six black guys in Atlanta, Georgia, doing doing comedy, like, and groups weren't. Comedy groups weren't a thing on the internet, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, especially black comedy groups, I feel like we kind of like ushered that in. And I'm um, shout out to all the the new groups that came from that because a lot of them are like, hey man, you guys like really like showed us how to do it. And I'm like, that's special to me. So I, I take that to heart. So I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. When the first big, what like popped first? Because I mean, at one oh, time, I think you had like 80 grand subs and then it yeah, got yeah. like then it got deleted, deleted and then, so then we, we had, had to build it back up build it back up but the thing is it's always a it's weird because it's always a blessing in like that the turmoil it, it's mm. always like inside the storm it's always like it's like the hurricane on the outside it's crazy but in the middle it's like a peaceful situation so we had a hurricane on the outside but in the middle of that we didn't realize that because we got deleted we seen the power of our fans and they were like you know bring us back and they started the campaign so when we got back on youtube it started to, and it allowed us to do a rebrand we got a new logo new website new everything so everybody came in at one like like giant like fluctuation which made people in hollywood notice like where is what is this that everybody's flocking to? Mm -hmm. Little did they know we had it two years prior, but they thinking like, oh, overnight, like it just it just happened. Right. And but the thing that happened was our video straight out of Dunwoody, where we parried it straight out of Compton because we had moved to Dunwoody. All the white people were so nice, and I was like, this, <laughs> this place is amazing. Like it's fucking it's Wi-Fi everywhere. It's <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's, it doesn't get better than this. Coffee shops, Wi-Fi, and like the neighbors are friendly. They helping us out. I'm like, oh, gentrification this. can be good. That's what know? I'm saying. I'm like, we got Whole Foods over. It's crazy over here, you know. So we were like, you know what? Let's make a straight out of Dunwoody song talking about how good the neighborhood is. Then uh, didn't realize that Ryan Seacrest was from Dunwoody, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, so his people saw it, uh, Fox News saw it, Atlanta, NBC Today Show saw it. And so it just started kind of bubbling from there, which got the attention of our agent at the time, Gersh Agency out here, and then uh, got the attention of our first manager that we had. And then we just started picking up like, and then it got, that's when the Comedy Central thing uh, happened. Because uh, mm -hmm. I was sitting at work and I get an email and it's like, hey, uh, would you like to come meet with Comedy Central New York? I was like, this spam account, dog. People got to stop spamming me. I'm not even, so I kind of don't even look at it. But now I go back and look at it again. I'm like, wait, this is a registered address here. What, what's going on? So I emailed them back immediately, tell all the guys, call my mom. I'm like, mom, 
pick out which car you want. Bro. Right, right, yeah. I've made it. It's Come a meeting, on. and it's you're like, like, we on, fam. We on, because like, once you get a meeting, yeah, they give on. you a million dollars, it's course. a record deal. Like, what are you saying to me? <laughs> like, that's how it works. Kids, that's not how it works. <laughs> once again, another blessing, because we got to Comedy Central very green, never been in a meeting like this before. And, you know, we're having a, we go in there, we're killing it. Cause we like the chemistry, we're cracking jokes. Everything's good. I'm like, oh man, this, I can't wait. I'm thinking about what, what type of house I want when I move out to LA. Cause this is, it's up from here. Then they ask us a question that kind of rocked us, but in the best way. They were like, so, uh, what type of show do you guys want? Shit, y'all don't just give us a show? What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What type of show do I want? Right, right. It was like, yeah, what type of show are you thinking? Like, what's the character arc of what you think? And are you, are you thinking sketch? So we were like, we started to jumble this mix of things. Yeah, it's going to be like a variety reality sketch scripted show <laughs> with art yeah. and, and, and words. <laughs> And they were like, it's okay, just like come back. Like, and that hurts because you're like, oh, we've lost it. We've mm-hmm. lost everything. But immediately it made us get to work because we're back on the plane. We're like, okay, we're figuring out the structure of story. We're doing it. We ended up going home, coming up with a whole show. And then uh, our agents flew us back out to LA to start meeting with people. And then Comedy Central LA loved the pitch that we gave them. And then that's how that happened. So if we wouldn't have had that meeting, I don't know if we would ever like even got a show because we wasn't thinking about we thought oh they call you you get the show like they already have it for you because why wouldn't you have it for me that makes sense yeah that makes me think of the modern day-to-day of like so many comedians like i want to go viral i want to blow up and there's like all right well what are people going to come to like you know what's what's on your page what can they like do you have a catalog of content what do you want to be known for like a lot of people just i want to go viral it's like okay and then yeah (laughs) i think i heard a i was either listening to a interview with Judd Apatow or I believe it was him and he was like when he had the 40 year old virgin script he had worked on that sold that and then he was meeting with either his manager or agent or somebody in Hollywood and they were like all right so what what else do you have and he was like what are you talking about I just got I just got that they were like oh you don't have like 10 other scripts ready and he's like what but it taught him like you gotta always like have stuff in the can like even if it's not a whole script ideas I'm uh uh maybe a, a pitch deck or, you know, something because people are going to ask you or sometimes in a meeting, they might pass on one idea and you'd be like, oh, well, I got, I got this that you mm-hmm. could like, or I know you look guys like this, I got this, or, you know, I know you guys like travel. I came up with this travel idea or, and it's like, that taught me to always kind of have, don't spread myself too thin, but at least have ideas, maybe even a, a, a log line or a paragraph about a show because sometimes people can hear an idea and be like, let's expand on that. What's what's that right there? Yeah. And that was, that was, so that was a big gift uh, that taught me a lot too to always just have things like ready. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dave Chappelle pitched like 15 or 20 pilots before Chappelle showed <laughs> it. Yeah. Like he, he had been like trying to get a show oh, yeah, going yeah, for yeah, a yeah. minute before that just, and then people were like, oh, he was young, phenom, and he just popped off. I mean, he was like working. At oh this, yeah, he was working, you know, hitting, hitting the stages, doing all everything of like that. And that was something I had to like talk to myself about too, because I waited to do stand up for maybe like four or five years into it. Then I finally did it. Liked it, went on like a maybe two, three year run of it. But I realized that wasn't what I wanted to be out there doing. It felt like it was 
taken a lot of my time and I really like just like writing and sketching and like idea creation and kind of being in that side producing stuff. And I was like, okay, you got to be able to talk to yourself and be like, do I see myself doing stand? Because when people are stand ups, they're stand ups. Yo, they're out there. They're that outside. road life is no joke. Yeah, <laughs> you you got to be outside, and I respect. That's why yeah. I love the great stand. I love Andrew Schultz. I love you know Kevin. I love uh, Ryan Davis. I love Joel these Byers. people. Joe Byers. I love people who are out there getting to it. Because that's not my call, and that's not my ministry. It's fun. I love to write jokes for people. Yeah, that's great. I do that. But me hitting the stages, that's not where my life is at. And besides, once again, I be in bed. And a lot of times, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I end up not in bed. You you outside. Oh, I mean, since the pandemic, I've been saying no to a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my whole. <laughs> I used to be like, you got a bowling alley yeah, side room? You, I'm there. You got fam. a little 8 p.m. slot that Yo. you want to slide me in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's a grind. It's definitely a yeah. grind. And uh, that's why I think there's only a few that really get to that pinnacle because you got you to gotta, like really weed through that process of stand up. It's, yep. a, it's, a, it's a thing. And I respect every stand-up. It's a non-stop grind. And I don't think yeah. people realize that about the content creation game either. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's like every day. <laughs> to be consistent on that and to keep putting out ideas and throwing them up even yeah. if they brick or not, oh, like, man. that requires a lot. To and it's always the ones that you don't put a lot of time in that go off. And they're like, oh, this is genius. And I'm like, bro, that took me two minutes. <laughs> I just did a film for y'all. Like, right, and you're right, like, right. ah, we don't like that. Was That was trash. But this right here that you did in your kitchen, great. <laughs> like what is going on like we did a short about how black people walk down the stairs and it was like different versions of black people walking down the stairs it was like 1.5 million views in like two days and i was like i have been putting out quality content for you guys <laughs> quality my you know up the curating ideas bouncing stuff off the wall writers rooms and y'all are like eh, that's cool Give me the steps. <laughs> I want the steps. Yeah. But that's what you just gotta keep putting out things. Like that's just what it is. You keep putting out stuff. But now, like I said, they ha you you build a system after a while when it comes mm. to comedy. You build a system to where you know, like, all right, well, if I have this four minute uh video, I know I can take four pieces of content from this video. I can repurpose that content for TikTok. I can take that content and make it into a thread on Twitter. I can do, like, you just start to realize, like, oh, it's an ecosystem of content. Because people think you have to do one thing at a time, mm -hmm. but you can really make the whole, like, ecosystem work. Ooh, speak on it. Yeah. <laughs> he's Please, he's break, like, give me more. Give break, me, break that give down me a little bit more. Like, for example, I started a newsletter maybe um, – three weeks ago. Ooh. So from my newsletter, I know I can get a nice Twitter thread going about whatever that newsletter is. From that newsletter, I can do a YouTube video because that's the script right there. That newsletter turned into a YouTube video, which is then turned into my IG and TikTok content, which can then turn into my YouTube shorts content, all from one piece of content that I did from the newsletter. I just repurposed it for everything. And so that's the, that's the thing. So even if you... If a person has a script, they're doing a YouTube video and they have a script about, all right, this is the uh, five best ways to get to 10,000 subscribers. They can take that piece of content, turn that into a Twitter thread for people, turn that, thread, turn that into Instagram short videos or whatever, turn that into YouTube short videos. And then you're like, oh, I got six pieces of content from really one piece of content. So that's how you got to look at it. You can't just look at it as one piece of content. You're like, how can I take what I did here Turn that into, oh, and then let me not, in the podcast. So I take that script, say it on audio. Now it's 
Spotify, Apple. And so everything is from that's one thing. And that's one thing. So if you do three, four, five of those, you got content just kind of rolling. And then you've created an ecosystem of content. So let's just say hypothetically this episode. Yep. Right now, what? How? Because we just, we actually just started a newsletter as well for Hot Bread. Well, yeah, I love, and it, yeah. I'm I'm lo- I'm I'm getting it's fun. a little, yeah. It is. I'm I'm surprised at how much fun it has been. I was like, oh, it's it's just me like writing like uh, I feel like it's something to myself. But like, there's actual audience and people reply to the emails. Like, wow. And I actually I was writing some on the plane over here. Yeah. Like to get them out ahead of time. What's your uh, newsletter about? Just uh, all things comedy or life? Yeah, it's like well, it's like the the Hot Breath. We call it the Hot Breath VIP. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like but that. you can get it at Hot Breath podcast.com there slash you vip there you can you subscribe go. there but i'll i'll do um like reviews of like the episodes or some oh, of the episodes okay. yeah, yeah. or like i did one about like his crowd work ruining comedy gotcha. um i'll do video essays online as well like i just made one about um schultz's team okay and i yeah. call it like the avengers of comedy yeah. so i have like a video about that and then i'm gonna have a newsletter coming out about that so they, so you technically already do it I'm starting without to you see, already do now it. that i'm saying it out loud i was like oh i'm <laughs> starting to see that it's interesting that the newsletter is the pillar piece of content yeah, so because i do a lot of like i love philosophy and i love like uh self-help i love you know those things when it comes to how to become the best version of yourself. So my newsletter is called Creative Kaizen and it basically means uh creative uh creative improvement cuz kaizen is a Japanese term for continual self-improvement. So it's creative improvement. So it's for all creative entrepreneurs, people who are creative but they do multiple things, the hyphenates, you know what I'm saying? And so I like to dive in like my first letter was about uh, focus versus balance. Uh then my next letter uh, I believe it was about limiting beliefs. And then like this week's newsletter is about choices versus decisions and the difference between the two. And so now I can take those things and turn those into, you know, podcasts or turn, excuse me, turn those into YouTube videos or whatever that thing is. So the newsletter is fun because like, it's a different muscle and I want to eventually write a book. So this is helping me like get that muscle off to write a book. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've really wanted to turn this podcast into a book as yeah, well. I know Judd can. has done it with his interviews, yep. but we have over 400 interviews on yep. here with comedians. Yeah. So I think there is an opportunity to turn it into a book. And that's a, that's a, people don't know that if you've gotten past 20 episodes, you're in the top 1% of podcasts. Facts. That's crazy. Facts. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And then like, I remember like even in times where I may be feeling like down or off on myself, like I realized that there's like over 2 million something YouTube channels and only 35,000 have a million subscribers. And so I'm in one of 35,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a feat in itself. If I never do anything else on YouTube, I've did the thing that I needed to do, which was uh, which was get that curate that audience, which is the springboard to everything else in life. And because I went through this time where I was like, all right, I love comedy, I love creating, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm just a comedian. I feel like I'm an author. I feel like I'm doing all this. So I was like, what is it? And people would ask me, so what do you describe yourself as? Because I can never just be like, oh, I'm a comedian. Because then I'd be like, well, I also do this and I also do that. So I was like. A creative entrepreneur is the only thing that made sense to me because I'm always comedy is going to be the through line in everything I do because naturally it just comes out. Even in my marketing for my sunglasses, it's comedy. Even in the things I may write in the newsletter, even though I'm being serious, I might, I'm going to throw a joke in there or throw it's just always going to have that through line. So I was like, okay, yes, I do comedy, 
but it's not my identity. My identity is somebody who's growing every day, figuring this life out, and I want to be able to give that back to the people who are going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah and I think it's important to give ourselves permission to do that. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, up literally, like up until the pandemic, mm -hmm. like I was like, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand yeah. up, stand up, yeah. every night, every night, every night, every night. Like I'm on the road. I, like I was like about that life a hundred and ten percent. And then the pandemic happened, and I was like, I'm not on the road anymore. And I was like, oh man, it might. What else? What else? Am I about that life? Like, do yeah, I want to? Yeah, yeah, do yeah. I want to be driving eight hours? You know, like, <laughs> like you know, would I rather be at home? What's the yeah. ROI on that driver? Spending yeah. time with family and such. So it made me start to think more about this podcast and other creative outlets, and really think. I think we're as a comedy purist. It's like, well, I'm, I'm gonna stand up. Yeah, and I yeah, gotta for sure, do for sure, it. Yeah, yeah. People are gonna think X, Y, and Z. But it's like, well, what else? You can be more than just one thing. I think it's just giving Absolutely. yourself permission to do that. Yeah, I listened to uh, Alex Hermosi. Uh, which is a business, super dope business guy. And he was like, they were asking him, like, how do you combat, uh, like, doubters and naysayers, stuff like that? He was like, well, I realize they're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, goddamn. <sighs> but he said, also, I am too. He said, so am I? why would I be worried about the pains of people who are human, who also will die, who in three generations, maybe my stuff might not even be remembered anymore or their stuff might not even be remembered anymore. He says, so I'm just going to do what I need to do because at the end of the day, we going to die. And I was like, when you look at it just plain and simple like that, as morbid as it is, he right. Like, we, we going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, why do I care what people, oh, man, you were doing YouTube. Do you do that anymore? Who are you? Like, what are you? And I was like, I'm putting out content. I can make some money. I can have a living. As long as I got my family, my community, it is what it is, you know. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, too, especially with the pandemic. That was a big, huge thing yeah. for people to realize. And travel opened up my mind a whole bunch more just to the world. I was like, we're so Western world that we don't realize, oh, there's other places out there that have no idea what we're talking about over here. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just got a DM this week from a comedian in Saudi Arabia. And he's starting a comedy club and he wanted to like talk to me about yeah. like the ins and outs of like running running like a comedy club. And I was just like, Saudi Arabia? That's I was like, crazy. what? Oh man. <laughs> you saying travel just made me think of like because uh, I mean I I get DMs from like comics in Australia, yeah. like all over the world. Yeah. I know you're thinking broader in comedy, but that made me think of like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's, that's the one saying. where I was like, Bruh. It's like that's that's what y'all out here doing. Okay. Like, all right, like, all right. Yeah. I, I would go to a, I would go to a comedy club in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so. if you know, if they bring the bag, I'll yeah. I'll pull up. Yeah, you got definitely got to bring a bag because <laughs> I'm putting myself in danger. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a little bit dangerous. You know, <laughs> just just saying. I love y'all. You know, everybody. I love everybody. But um, yeah, and I think that the cool thing about what we get, we get to do this as a living, which is also you got to think about. It. It's like how many people get to just like. What we're doing right now, we're talking mm -hmm. for a living. Like, my mom used to tell me to shut up. Like, <laughs> take that, mom. I'm talking. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, it's, the, it's not traditional. It's unconventional. And I tell people, like, people hit me up like, hey, yo, big bro. First off, somebody called me OG. I was like, hold on. Yeah. Slow it down. <laughs> old head. Yeah, old head. Come on now. Like, I'm, I'm 35. I ain't even got 40. What are we talking about? But I get it. In YouTube terms, I'm OG. Like, so mm -hmm. they was like, oh, OG, uh, you know, I'm starting my YouTube. I'm trying to figure out this and that and the third. I'm like, look, man, you at least got to do 50 to 100 things on YouTube before you talk to me. To be honest. Because that then I'll know. Then by the time you want to come back and ask me something, you'll figure it out. Like, because... Most people want to 
get the easy access. And I want to help people get there faster. But at the same time, there's no cutting the workout. Like, nah. it's just not, it's, not, it's just like if a stand-up comes to you and he's like, I want to, this is my thing I want to do. You're going to be like, okay, well, come back to me after you've, like, went around doing the cafeterias, the random pubs. The, then come talk to me then after you, yep. you got a couple things thrown at you a few times. Like, it's awkward. Like, you got to go through those motions. You can't just think you're going to go straight to Apollo and you haven't even hit the, the, the bar up the street. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you've had... Terrible shows, and it's just oh, yeah. oh! You didn't even mention the strip clubs yeah, the strip and club. the sidewalks and the so public the buses, stuff. and literally, I tell people I'm like, one time we had a show. This is one of the funniest things to me. There was always something happening in shows. We did live shows for years. We <laughs> had got booked at this school. We get to the school. We're backstage. We're getting ready. The girl comes. She's like, "Here's your microphone." Mind you, it's five of us. Mm -hmm. She said, here's your microphone. We were like, okay, well, where's the other? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was six of us at the time. Oh, yeah, so where's the other five microphones? And she was like, oh, you, you know, we didn't. I said, you booked a group. You <laughs> you, you booked a group. <laughs> Where would you not think we would need extra microphones? So we literally did the show passing the microphone. Yeah, yeah, oh, joke, joke, joke. Then you hear. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> <laughs> you go. I'm just like, this is crazy. We had another show. Shout out to Howard, man. I love everybody at Howard. We were at Howard. Show is packed. It's slammed. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. We're backstage. Getting ready to get on. It's already, you know when you're backstage, your, your guts are already on fire because you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know. You're listening to see, is the crowd hype? Are they are they a good crowd? Okay, cool. Especially as a stand-up, you're listening to the, the act before you. You're like, oh, man, he's warming them up good. But if they sound dead, you're like, oh, yep. it's going to be a rough one. Yep. <laughs> We're back there. The oldest man that could be working at a place, I think he was Howard. His name <laughs> had to be. <laughs> he comes up to us. <laughs> We're about to go on stage. My man is like, hey, uh, I can't see to turn the lights on up there. Can one of y'all help me turn the lights on? We said, sir, the, the show, we're about to literally <laughs> walk out. He said, it's dark up there. Oh, my, get your ass up there and figure it out. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? <laughs> like, what? Nobody would know this is going on backstage. We're panicking. Then we go out on stage, and you know how... You go out and say, you know how when Mike goes out, all you hear is, all right, ladies, welcome. I seen him. Mike starts going out. I said, okay, all right, this one's going to be one of them. Whole time, whole show, Mike is going in and out. We're figuring it out. The fans are just like, it's okay. It, it happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but it ended up being a decent show, but because they were there for us, it kind of worked. If that would have been a crowd and nobody knew, it, it would have been rough. Oh, it would have been rough. So, these are the things you got to go through. Bad jokes landing. We were, I remember in Alabama, and we went back and forth about this one particular joke. And then I already, me and Alabama don't get along. I'm sorry, Alabama. I mean, I'm sure you're good people. <laughs> we're, we're in Alabama. We on stage. And this one particular joke, we were like, should we do it? Should we not do it? It was like, you know what? It's got to go. Let's do it. I've never heard a crowd go silent so fast from a joke. I'm talking, oh, it's happening. And then da 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 Punchline's coming. Hit the punchline. It's like the air got sucked out of the room. You know, you don't get that loud. Oh, yeah. I said, so we just like calmly moved to the next job. Like nothing happened? No. Yeah. 
<laughs> we just calmly moved. It was awkward. <laughs> but it teaches you to sit in it like you got it because it's going to happen. So anybody that's doing comedy, any of that, you just got to go through the motion. You got to put out that video where people are like, hey, man, like you suck. <laughs> right, 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 right. This isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good, but you're going to learn like, okay, all right, what wasn't good about it? I got to figure out like what that, what what didn't resonate with them? Like that I'd stay on this joke too long? Did Like people don't understand like, and even when we got to Comedy Central, it helped us because they have a very professional way of telling you that your shit not funny. <laughs> we in the writer's room, we, we going over the script. We get to one part, the executive is like, hey, this lands softly for me. <laughs> It, what? What did you say to me? <laughs> hey, this. Let's get an alternate for this for this uh-huh. joke right here. That's basically this joke sucks. Change it. <laughs> Coming from someone who's never written a joke. Coming from someone who never written a joke, right. and that's what you have to realize. Like, okay, they think they know what they're talking about. They're going off of what society may see may deem as like funny they don't understand you have a sense of humor you have an audience you know what your audience want so you kind of got to put your foot down in those situations like hey i know it is but we're young we're just like okay yeah you will oh you appeased and we're we're like we don't want to oh yeah because you know we don't want to upset the right the the executives now i'd be like kiss my ass (laughs) i love this joke i'm leaving this in here but we should have did it back then so anybody that's in those positions now I think you just got to know who your audience is and stick to what your gut, like your gut's going to, is going to lead you the right way. Um, but yeah, so it's just those, those nuances in comedy where I tell people you want to do this or you want to even not just kind con- just any content creation in general, you got to do like at least 50 to a hundred of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you tell me Hey man, I've been doing this for two years. I got 200 episodes. Great. Like I have a podcast called boss talk podcast where we talk about, uh, mental health. We talk about business. We talk about strategy. All this stuff. We started July twenty seventh, twenty nine. I mean, sorry, January twenty seventh of twenty nineteen, and we said we're gonna put a video out every week. We have two hundred and forty one episodes. We've mm. never missed a week. Whew. Not one week. So I tell people, come talk to me when you <laughs> when you really want to get to it. Like, yeah, that's because that's the consistency that you need in this game. Like, it's the volume of success. So yeah. What was the creation system you guys had as a crew. As I think, a group, yeah. I think that's part of what gets us hung up as comedians. It's like, well, what do I post? Like, sure. I've, I've been in my album before just scrolling like, <laughs> just what do I even post? And figure then, it out. Yeah. And then it's like, why, or I'm cutting together a crowd work clip where it's like, what's your name? Boo. And then like, that's the whole clip. I was like, I'm not posting that. <laughs> people are people are posting that though. Like, oh, yeah. I'm on. Yeah. like I, I got a crowd work clip with three minutes of real materials. See, I'm back on. in YouTube days, it was easy. We just knew, all right, because we didn't have Instagram. We, right. Yeah. People yeah. don't understand. And I say this in the most humble way. If we would have had Instagram and all this stuff back then, it would have been over for people. Because the way the, the volume that we were producing a video every week, we'd have put that same energy into like Instagram and all that stuff. But I think back then it was easy because we knew, all right, one video a week, that's the focus. Right. But then as Instagram comes out and you know, Twitter and Vine and all, you know, all this stuff start doing video. You got to be like, okay, all right, (laughs) what am I going to post? So luckily, since we had skits, it was easy to just take clips from skits. Mm -hmm. It was like, all right, well, we're going to throw two clips up this week to promote that one video or whatever. But now, like you said, it's even tough for me sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, I know I got my podcast clips I can do. Like when you come do the podcast on Monday, we're like, all right, we'll we'll post a couple clips from here. 
all right, and then whatever random funny thing, like, it's just like, that's where it's at now. I'll go through my phone. Oh, like my, uh, I just had a video with my uncle down where I was touching his radio or whatever, and he was like, you don't pause. touch my radio. Radio. Yeah. No, no pause. <laughs> no pause. Play. <laughs> Play, guys. Or rewind. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> or forward. Slow-mo. Slow-mo, yeah, whatever maybe. you Whatever floats your boat. Uh, but I had the video with him, and I was like, you know what? Sometimes people just like at-home content. So I'm just going to post my video with my uncle. And everybody loved it. I was like, I don't know what y'all want anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing. I stopped caring about what people want. It's like, what do I feel like posting? That's what I got to. That's literally the point I got to. I said, like, I don't, I'm not being ruled by this algorithm that I don't even know what it means. So let me just post what I want, see what happened. TikTok. December of 2021, on our dorm team at TikTok, it was like 5,000 people on there because I wasn't really, we wasn't really doing anything. So I was like, let me do an experiment. Let me just start posting old stuff. Let me start posting. It it shot up like 30K followers in like two months. I was like, TikTok is a wild place over there. Yeah. That audience is crazy over mm -hmm. there. Because that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole nother set of people, like a whole nother planet over there. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh, each platform is different. TikTok has their audience. Instagram has their audience. YouTube has, there's some people who don't watch nothing but YouTube. Some people who don't go on any other platform but TikTok. Because TikTok is almost like a Google now. People search like, oh, if, if somebody's looking for top five places to, to travel in 2023, you type it on TikTok, it's going to give you a yep. bunch, of, bunch of videos. So it's like, okay, I know to put kind of random stuff on there if I want to. If I have a thought, let me throw it up on TikTok. Let me reply to somebody's comment, make a make a make almost a comedy bit out of what their comment is, throw that on TikTok. So every day is different, to be honest. There's no really system. The system is just get the content out that you want to get out. That's what that's what I've gotten to. So what what would you say to like a comedian trying to, like, like a young comic yeah, yeah. and trying to figure out what to post or even how to generate ideas sometimes. I mean, that can be difficult. Like, where do you find inspiration? Well, I think you find inspiration by living life. I tell people that all the time. Like, I'm sure there was something that happened on the plane to you, on the way here, even getting here, the weather being shitty, finding part. This, you're always, this material is going to pop up. Are you just willing and open to, like, just writing it down? Like, even if you, sometimes I would be out and just be like, all right, uh, I see these two people talking. Like, I went to the gym the other day. It's two grown men butt naked talking to each other in the locker room. What are we doing? Balls. No, no, that was balls. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, what is going on in here? Why would you be having a political conversation with your dicks, with your dicks out? That just seems a bit wild, sir. Put some clothes on. Very polar. It's very polar. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like, come on. I, I just got in here. It's seven in the morning. So just writing stuff down that happens to you, because stuff happens to us every day, and sometimes we're like, I don't have no material. You literally have material. Like, shit happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a noise in my room for two weeks straight. I kid you not. I'm embarrassed to even say this. I'm like, bro, I think it's a bird stuck in my roof. I'm talking about it on the podcast. I'm like, bro, I think I'm going to have to call somebody. There's some type of animal in my roof. I keep hearing the same noise, and it's low-key scaring me. <laughs> I'm cleaning up my room one Saturday, and you know how there's those uh, air fresheners that kind of spray automatically? I forgot I had one, but the air was out of it. Mm. So every time it sprayed, it made like, oh. So it wasn't a bird. It was my dumb ass that left the air <laughs> fresh. 
<laughs> and I was like, this is idiotic. What does that say about me? Am I not aware of anything that's going on in my house? So then I started coming up with like stuff about how you got to be aware and how as you get older, you just be leaving. You just leave stuff because it takes too much effort to have to go out and get another one of those things. You're like, I'll get to it at some point. Right. Three weeks later, you're thinking it's a bird stuck in your roof when it's, you could have just replaced the air yeah. in the air fresh. So it's like just small things like that. And even uh, Rick Rubin has a book called The Creative Act, phenomenal book for any creator, uh, comedian, artist, writer, whatever that is. And he was like, ideas are like clouds, like they turn into rain, the rain, you know, it hits the ocean, it evaporates, comes back. He said, it's always this ecosystem of ideas, but you have to take days. He said, I guarantee you, you've come up with the best material just sitting around doing nothing. And he said, you're, the material that you force, you're always like, ah. But when it's just like you and your friends shooting the shit, talking to each other, y'all take a walk, y'all go to that coffee shop, y'all go grab some food, something happens there. And then you remember like, oh, remember that time we, literally all of our sketches when we were younger came from real things that happened to us. Huh. There was nothing that we were just like, oh, because when we got a skit called uh, What Her Face Looked Like. And it's about us trying to figure out what this girl's face looked like because she was just would not turn around. And we just thought she looked good from the back. But we wanted to see what she looked like from the front. And she ended up turning around. She ended up being cute. But we were like, how could we turn that into whenever she turns around, it looks crazy. So we knew we had the framework of, all right, some guys looking at a girl because every guy can relate to, oh, man, what, I'm trying to see what, what she looked like. And so every time she would get ready to turn around, something would happen. Something else would happen. But then we were like, what's the punchline to this? And for weeks, we were like, well, what's... Of course, everybody's going to expect when she turned around because it's a comedy skit for her to be ugly. So we were like, oh, that's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit. So mm -hmm. we were like, what else could we do? Could she, like, have two heads or something? We, did... we was like, oh, no, no, no. So I was on Instagram, not thinking about the skit. I seen this makeup artist who did makeup to where it looked like you don't have a face. She turns around. She has no face whatsoever. <laughs> and then that's what we did. Everybody was like, that is a wild <laughs> ending. But I was like, I love stuff. But it came from me not even thinking about it. I was just on Instagram. I was like, dude, this is a makeup artist. And I was like, oh, oh, there we go. But it just comes from freeing yourself and not like forcing. So you got to get out and live. Go travel. Go visit your grandparents. They got stories like all that stuff. You should, you know as a stand up, usually if it comes from real life, you can tell when a when a art when a stand up is like, okay, he really went through that. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. He's suffering right now. He's going through it and I like it. <laughs> yeah, know? and that's sometimes people ask me like, well, I have this I have this experience, but yeah. it's not like a joke. It's not like a setup punchline, like, yeah, yeah. misdirect joke. And I was like, well, if it gets a laugh, it's a joke. It's funny. I'm, honestly, like, yeah. Because, you know, it's sometimes we can overthink, but, like, that's just true and it's getting a laugh. But yeah. where's the structure there and the misdirect? Yeah, sometimes like, it's just authentic. I think it was. I forgot which comedian it was. He came out on stage. He was like, all right. Because he wasn't the main act. I think it might have been Kevin Hart or somebody else. He was like, came out on stage. All right, I got three jokes for y'all. I'm getting out of here. Immediately, people laughing. <laughs> yeah. He did three jokes. He left. <laughs> phenomenal. I was like, this is phenomenal. I was like, you can't beat. Sometimes you just got to go with what you're feeling because the crowd, they can tell when it's from, like, a real place. Like, they're like, oh, he's really going through that. Or, like, that's even Instagram videos or whatever you do. Like, if something happens to you, it doesn't have to be this well-oiled structure. Now, there are ways to make a good, like, punchline to a joke, mm -hmm. like, I had this stand-up joke that I was doing. 
on how like my mom, it came from real life because my mom, she was dating. And I was like, me and my mom dating at this age sounds stupid because mom, why are you dating? I'm dating. Are we in the same pool? What's going on? I'm afraid. But then she met a guy and how she wanted me to call him daddy. I said, I'm not calling no grown man daddy or stepdaddy. I said, from here on out, mom, he is known as that's my mama's nigga. (laughs) 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 That's just who he is. I'm never referring to him as his first name, whatever it is. But then I would get around my other comedian friends and they would start to add tags to it. They would right. start, and I was like, see, that's how you work at Joe. You got to have people around you that really are, they'll listen to you. They'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, you should add this or you should add this. And it's not coming from a place of like, oh man, like, no, I don't want to give you my joke. It's just like, no, no, this going to make it better. You know, so get around yeah. people. The environment helps you too. Like, or if you are a content creator, get around other YouTubers or whatever. Y'all can like bounce other ideas around. People are so isolated now. And that's one thing I learned when I went to Asia. They got so much community. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is why they so like vibrant. Like they they really big on community. So you build that community of creators around you, writers around you. Next thing you know, you got a little ecosystem going. Not, next thing you, you might meet an actual comedy joke writer. And he might be like, oh, you don't even got to write the jokes. I'll help you structure it. You give me the ideas, I'll help you structure it. And boom. And I think people would forget that stand-ups do have writers for their jokes a lot of times. Yeah, I need to think of that. We have a Facebook group that has comedians all over the world yeah. in there that should. We, they, we do like a joke writing contest yeah. in there every day, but there's opportunities to, yeah, do even more beyond just like a joke every day in there. Make and, it collaborative. And realizing that your joke on paper, that's one thing I learned too. Jokes on paper sometimes aren't funny on paper, but they are hilarious when out loud. And sometimes out loud they're not funny, but on paper you read that, you're like, Ah, oh, that that sounds good. Yep. You know, like so because we had this run one script with this guy walks into the bathroom and this the bathroom attendant is like trying to give him, you know, they try to give you cologne like all the other stuff. Yeah, and he tries to offer him conditioner, and he's like, "Bro, I'm in the bathroom. I don't need conditioner." And the bathroom attendant is like. But it's a leave-in. And on paper, that might not be funny. But I could see it on screen. Like, I can see that being fu- Like, so it's so many. Because what does a leave-in have to do with it? I don't want fucking conditioner <laughs> right now. But it's a leave-in. <laughs> leave you know, so I was like, on paper, somebody might read it. like, oh, okay. But, like, out loud and seeing the scene, it might be like, okay, I can see how that'd be funny. So that's all. That's what you got to think about, too, if you're writing jokes or doing jokes like that. It's like, let me... Let me maybe get somebody to say it out loud and see kind of what it mm-hmm. feels like. Or you say it out loud to yourself and see what it feels like. So, yeah, Did you um, say you've written for stand-ups? I've written jokes for people, yeah. For yeah. comedians? Um, for certain comedians, but then also uh, for content creators. So, like, uh, one of my homeboys, I worked with him on a uh, series he had. And then he would always hit me up for just captions. I would do those for him. Oh. Or for, and that's the, so this is other ways you can make money, people. people uh, caption, copywriting is a big thing. Like people need jokes, they need ad, advertisement. And I was able to, I ended up landing this gig where I creative directed for Hyundai for like, uh, like eight months. And I learned what? so much in there about like commercial writing and like doing all that stuff. And that's, that's when I knew I was like, all right, I think creative direction is just my lane because I like writing for things. I like coming up with, uh, story schemes for stuff like that, and they can all be comedy, but it doesn't have to necessarily be me being on stage or me being in front of a camera. I can be behind the scenes doing that. So I was like, you know what? I like the creative direction route too, like being a creative director, figuring out what this through line is for this commercial or how can we make this commercial funny. Like these advertisement, comedy and advertisement go hand in hand because that's what usually, those are the commercials you remember, the mm-hmm. ones that are funny. 
Like you're like, oh, I remember that, or remember like, oh, and that is usually a comedy bit. You don't really remember the somber ones because you're like, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> you usually remember, right. oh, that that was a funny commercial where the person did this, or like uh, that old commercial where it was like, you, you know, you lent liquor. You, I forgot what that. It's just like, but you remember those commercials because they were oh. funny. No, okay. we're not pausing. <laughs> we're playing. We're rewinding, and we're slow moing. <laughs> you know, power threes. I had to, I had to squeeze one more in there. <laughs> you said lint liquor, and lint I was like, liquor. "There's, there's my chance." Yeah, there's, there's my chance. Uh, so yeah, just so many. I just don't want anybody to feel like they have to limit themselves because they may not. Because here's the honest truth: you may not make it as the thing you think you're going to make it as. And that's a harsh reality mm -hmm. to set in. You're like, oh, I've been doing this, but now I'm actually good at this thing over here. Does that mean it's time for me to pivot? Because you can kind of you you got to trust your trust yourself. Like sometimes you'll be doing one thing just to build the skills so it can go towards another thing. Like if possibly dorm tame, it may have been this thing where I got to learn leadership and group dynamics and stuff like that, so I can lead a creative agency or I can lead people in a creative directing role or that I could put together a business like I did, like, uh, you know, or learn advertising so I can write for my own stuff and build that. So who knows? You know, I'm very open to, I'm very open to it. So I'm just, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That makes me think of actually an Alex Hormozzi uh, tweet he had mm -hmm. recently where it was like, if you're trying to decide between two things, pick the one that'll be the better story in 20 years. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Started even, off as one way, and it's like, and, yeah. uh, and so many people that's like that, like, that started doing something else, but then, I mean, you can look at what, I believe it's Jessica Alba, and like, you know, she's actress, all this stuff, but but I think her company is worth multi-million. Yeah, like, Reese Witherspoon, too. Reese Witherspoon. Hers is like a billion, I think. <laughs> So it's just yeah. like, it's like, you know, they could have chosen, said, no, I'm strictly acting, and but it's like. I kind of go, I got to go with where my life is going. You're not the same at 25 that you're same at 45 or 65. It's life has its ebbs and flows. I think I'll leave this with people. This is one of the best analogies I heard about life. They're like, look at game, look at life as like a basketball game, four quarters. First quarter, you're, uh, of course, like you're born to like 25 years old. You're just getting out. You're figuring out the team. You're like, okay, like what type of offense are they running? Like what, what is life about? Let me make some mistakes, da, da, da. Second quarter, 25 to 50. You're like, okay, all right. I'm I gotta I got a little hang on this game. You know what I'm saying? I'm warming up. My my shots are starting to go in a little bit. We might not be in the lead yet, but we we're figuring out the game. He said, 50, you're halftime. Like here, you can reevaluate yourself, figure out like where's the next step you want to go. He said, third quarter, it's 50 to 75. He said, this is when you're really putting down shots. Like you're, mm. you're putting down shots. You got family, you're stamped, you know what I'm saying? And then he said, fourth quarter, 75 until you pass away. This is all about service. So he's like, you know what? You're passing the ball to the young boys. Like you're letting them know, like you take the shot, you take the shot. This is my last game. It's the, it's the Kobe last game. I'm taking a few shots, but I really want y'all to do your, do your thing, shine a little bit. And I was like, that's a great way to look. I like that's honestly a great way. He said, so anybody that's like in their 30s or even 40s, you're still in the second quarter. You're still like, you're hitting some shots, but you're still figuring this thing out. I was like, I like that. I was like, that was, I was like, that's that was that was a bar. I was like, that was a that was a bar. And it makes you realize, like, oh yeah, I do got a lot of life to learn and a lot of life to to live and do all these things. So that's that's what I want people to realize. Like, you don't have to like force everything. Cause you're there's no way. 
I'm sure you at 20 years old is way different than that. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Different, totally different person. <laughs> like, if you haven't changed, something's wrong with you. That's like, true. Man, something's yeah, yeah. going on, so, yeah. Well, where can, uh, that's so crazy that my, my parking meter just went off when you dropped that bar. Come on, man. I was thinking that's a good way to land the plane. I'm somewhat as a prophet. I'm somewhat I, of a prophet, man. That's what they that's what they say. Won't he willy? Yeah, won't he willy. Take it to it, he'll get you through it. <laughs> let's let's pray they don't have a ticket on my car oh, when yeah, we get out of here. From Joel Byers and Joel Osteen. Sure. Lord, don't have a ticket on my car. Now, please, Lord, no. Oh, my money's hidden in the bathroom wall. <laughs> I can't I can't have a ticket on my car. My Lambo needs an oil There's change. Nothing that'll drop your expression more than you go to your car and just like bruh come on man like you start looking around you start asking other people did you see who yeah 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 <laughs> see who left no they don't care <laughs> you shouldn't have parked there <laughs> what are you saying it was well worth it for sure yeah no no this was great uh, thank you for the question i just i love giving these types of uh just just this information because i think a lot of times we hoard information it's like it's no need like just 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 give it out like i don't need it like somebody else might need it well where do you want people to connect with you Man, all right, let's do the rundown. Let's list the things. But no, uh, my main Instagram is at I roam a lot, I R O M E a lot. Um, then we have uh, Comedy Trap House Network. That's our uh, podcast that will be featuring Mr. Joel on Monday, Gang Gang. Yeah. And pretty much that podcast has turned into our fans sending us crazy videos and us talking about them. Awesome. And that's why it's fun. Because <laughs> you just, the world gives you material every day. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy world out here. Then we have my sunglasses brand at The Shady Side Up. Go get you some shades right now. Then we have my... Uh, my prophetic podcast uh, at Real Boss Talk. It's on Patreon, but we're about to move it from Patreon to YouTube to get it out to the masses a little bit more because I just want people. It's not even about the money. I want people to get the message. And uh, yeah, those are the main thing. And of course, at Dormtainment, that's still there. We're still posting things whenever we whenever we feel like it. But uh, and YouTube, all the same things. You'll see all the links. You know how it goes. All the links in the bios and all those. The things. newsletter. And the newsletter, uh, that link is in my bio too, okay. but the newsletter is called Creative Kaizen. If you Google it, it should pop up. Um, and uh, there we go. Or if you go to my profile, it's in the it's in the link. So boom, yeah. boom. We'll we'll definitely link them up. But definitely yeah. that I'm excited about the newsletter because I'm, yeah, I'm excited about ours. It's been fun to do. It's so I'm excited it, it, to hear it, it, other it creators doing more. An extra little. And f funny thing is, since I just started, I don't know where it'll grow into. I don't know what the niche will turn into eventually. Because mm -hmm. some newsletters start one way, then you figure out, oh, I want to talk about this a little bit more. Right. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. I'm just along for the ride. Well, si sign up for Rome's newsletter yep. and follow him, and also subscribe to our newsletter. Absolutely. Hotbreathpodcast.com slash VIP. And I've been watching you for years, and we've been we've been wanting to connect almost since like 2018, 2019. It, it was. The pandemic like, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad we got a chance to do this. I, I think you're super funny. You got great jokes. You got great content. And I see the consistency, so I respect people that got consistency. Well, yeah, yeah. real recognize real. Come on, man. I appreciate the love. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for being on hot breath. Hot breath. Well, green. Dab. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not dabbing. We're not, we're we're not, not gonna dab. No. I'm bringing back the dab. No, no. We're gonna bow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing you pause is the dab. You're like, all right, no, that's pause. pause. That's pause. That's it. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.